welcome to Deer Head Studios. This is 40 Below Zero, an international podcast about living with multiple sclerosis. I'm your co-host, Nick, and with me as always is my good friend, Terry. We're so glad all of our fellow MS warriors and supporters are here with us, so let's get into it. Welcome back into the studio, everybody. Terry, my friend, once again, here we are. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm good. The weather's great down here. It's uh, 74 degrees. So is that like 20 something Celsius? It's beautiful out. Uh, is it? I don't know. I'm not good with that stuff. Yeah, Nick, why neither. don't you tell me what is it? <laughs> Celsius, again, please. Again, you're making me do math. I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. We're good. So this week, I thought we could uh, talk about some news that I got in a general email from the MS Society, from the National MS Society here. And do you get, like, do you get articles from them every month, or is this? Yeah, just... I signed up for be part of their newsletter. So, you know, a lot of stuff is 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 pretty common in the MS community, like stuff we all know. Um, but they always have tips and helpful stuff. But this one's a big one. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm curious because I don't know if it's the same as in Canada and the states. You know what I mean? Well, it might be because the this was all right. So this is the Global Summit Review for opportunities for strategic collaborations to speed pathways to MS cures. Okay. So the first ever Pathways to Cure Global Summit was held in New York City in early May 2023, convening nearly 200 participants from 15 countries. The goal was to review recent scientific advances in the stop, restore, and end pathways, refine the pathway roadmaps, develop a strategy for collaboration. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff they're trying to do. Yeah. So it's global. So I'm pretty sure this should be also mentioned in the Canadian MS Society. Quite possibly. 15 different, who, 15 different doctors from different no, countries? Uh, they, they had, they had doctors, they had CEOs of pharmaceutical companies and they had peoples who are affected like you and me. So it was a lot of people, a lot of people involved. Okay. Um, and when you get 200 of the, if you get 200 people who are solely focused on one goal, that's a hell of a collaboration. So in this summit, is there anything, uh, we're going to go through it, I'm sure, but is there anything yep. new that I wouldn't know? Uh, well, they talk a lot about how to approach it uh, as far and approach it being how to think about how they're approaching the disease. Because um, remember early on when we did the, uh, I think it was episode two, you and I did DMTs and yep. I talked about the escalation model. Yes. Um, just to bring everybody back up to speed, the escalation model is when you start, I don't want to say weak, but when you start, uh, least harsh medication, I guess, and then you go up and up and up as you need to, um, to the strongest, but now they're changing that mindset and, uh, neurologists are hitting MS with a sledgehammer, so to speak very early on. Um, and they're seeing great results and people are tolerating it well. So that's, part of what this summit was to talk about how, if that's the best case and if they should continue that way and just, you know, generally collaborating on ideas, but what is new? I don't know. Let me read down. I scanned through 
the article, by the way. I didn't go into it in depth, but I did scan through it. And you know what I like about it is that they are really targeting and they really are confident that the cure is, I know it sounds silly because we always say this, the uh -huh. cure is coming, the cure is coming. But <laughs> I know it sounds silly and I want to believe it. They say they're in the final stages of figuring it out. And you're like, oh, what, what have they figured out so far, you know, for the next step to come? But the way they sound, and it, it just seems like this summit was bringing everything on, uh, is bringing everything up front to, to let you know what they've figured out so far from mm -hmm. all different angles, you know, what, how can you prevent it? And, and the, the good thing about this summit, by the way, is they're giving everyone hope so that your children don't have to deal with these symptoms anymore. And they say all this, and then they mm -hmm. say, and whoever's suffering with MS, hopefully we will alleviate their symptoms as well and cure what's going on. So it's cool that they're like, they're giving us hope as well. The ones that are already suffering with it. Yep. Instead of figuring out how to prevent getting multiple sclerosis. Yep. One of the, um, one of the doctors in the summit had a couple of bullet points and um, they highlighted the history of success in treating relapsing MS and the need for more and better therapies for progressive forms of MS and faster ways to detect benefits in that progression. So we're really in a good spot now. We have so many therapies and people can bounce around, um, but this doctor is highlighting that there needs to be faster, you know, the faster testing, something faster than a yearly MRI, hmm. um, which would be great. Do you know how many uh, DMTs there are out there that have been approved? DMTs right. that have actually been approved? I don't know. Over 30. It, oh, damn. Okay. I have no clue. Over 30. Wow. And they're, and they're all young. They're all early like they're still new because mm -hmm. i think uh if i'm correct copaxone copaxone was the first to come out and that's only from the 90s that came copaxone out axon came out before avanex and rebif i think so i have oh. to look that up i will do my research yeah but yeah i'm gonna say the last 20 probably in the last five years maybe maybe eight ten years the most mm -hmm. So we're advancing at like light speed on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, also, I, again, in the summer, I just feel like they're re-emphasizing what they know. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying that's all they're doing. I'm sure there's more to it, but they're re-emphasizing about the, the mono Epstein-Barr virus mm -hmm. and how that is a big trigger. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, a lot of people. I don't know. You, we've talked about this before. I'm sure the Epstein virus, Epstein Barr virus. I had it. I had a bad, same attack with that. Yeah. Okay. The yep. mono, the kissing disease, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so just to to correct something, um, according to Google, <laughs> uh, in 1993, interferon beta became the first drug federally approved for MS. So that's the original. That's the OG, interferon beta. Interferon beta is also Avanex and Rebif. They're both interferon go. beta. So I don't know if those companies were the first, but yeah, I was on that for sure. Okay. okay. I thought Copaxin was new. 
but just because I've never heard of it. Yeah. Yes, there's a lot of lot of doctors uh, for this. But it's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Because the summit really bringing everything that's known into one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many different views. And they're really, um, yeah, I'm reading here. It says uh, key gaps and opportunities include uh, there is a need to determine other MS risk factors for underrepresented populations. Uh, let's see. Existing cohorts and opportunities to find more first-degree family members and twins in whom only one has MS. And they represent opportunities to study pre-symptomatic MS. So I know that's something I didn't even think about. You have a set of twins and one have has, has MS. What's the likelihood of the other one having MS? I didn't even think about that. I, I'm hoping they're doing research like that, like all types of research. Yep. Uh, Epstein-Barr virus vaccines are in development, as are antiviral medications. It will be important to consider whether and how to deploy these strategies aimed at preventing or treating MS. So you're right with the Epstein-Barr, they're looking at how to curb that, which may curb MS. And a lot of people say, oh, I've never gotten the Epstein-Barr virus. I cannot, I don't know what's wrong with my mouth mm-hmm. today. But uh, the thing is, you might get it. It might be a, a mild form of it that right. you don't even know. Or you might be a carrier. You might just have it. You might be a carrier. Yes, you're right. Um, And let's see. the Oh, and then, of course, the role. This is the big thing now. The role of the gut microbes in MS initiation and ongoing disease. So now they're figuring out how they're really highlighting how much the gut plays in all of this. It's about time. They mentioned secondhand smoke. Mm-hmm. growing up with secondhand smoke and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So it just makes you think, man, there's so many different factors. Yeah. And what are the, so you got to, so if you are predisposed to all these things, you have, you have to imagine how many switches have to flip on to activate it. You know, you have to have this and you have to be born in this region and you have to have the Epstein-Barr and you have to have a fever over 105 and you have to have some traumatic thing. It's like on and on and on, but it's good that they're figuring it out. I don't know what to say. You know, one of the things is they, statistically speaking, the farther you are from the equator, Mm -hmm. more chances of you having MS. So what? How many factors there are? So don't live near the equator. Take vitamin D. Don't be around smokers. Uh, get the Epstein Barr virus shot. Uh, when they have what it. else? Don't when they have it. Don't stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's so many factors, man. Yep. But at least they they're getting a handle on those switches that exist, you know, mm-hmm. so they can keep an eye on. And hopefully, when they figure out the the main, you know, trigger, you know, setup triggers for it. They can look at children and say, okay, like me as a teenager who says, hey, it hurts like on my side and it goes away and then it hurts again. 
they can look at all those triggers and go, okay, well, you have, you know, five of the seven markers for MS, you know, this is in the future when they, you know, get to that point and they can say, okay. And that's what I tell people it's, and this is just my opinion. Okay. But you know, with cancer, there's bone cancer, there's lung cancer, there's tongue cancer, there's all sorts of cancers with MS. I feel like it's just MS. Oh, you got lesions in your spine. You have MS. Right. You know what I mean? And then eventually it's going to be types of MS. And we're not talking about relapse remitting this. We're talking about, you know, specific MS. I don't know how to put it up. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, it's not going to be so generic. Right. Right. Yeah. And and that's one of the other things in this, in this article is that they're, um, they being the 200 participants um, are looking at ways to further refine um, how to, classify it and label it so that that way like you said it can you can say okay you have you know this type or you have so that there'll be more types so that they know how to attack you know approach it better and hopefully these there's some stuff coming out of europe with remyelination drugs and if you could take a pill and remyelinate yourself that's a game changer dude there's no amount of money that would stop me from buying that. Yeah. If that is, you know, my God, that's that's what I'm looking for. Right. You know, because I can get better, but my nerves are still um, damaged. Right. You know, fix my nerves anyway. Yes. So my question is this then. Here's the thought experiment. And this is a purely Nick and Terry thought experiment. You wake up tomorrow you open up your phone and you have a text alert from MS Canada. And I have one from the national MS society. And it says big, bold 14 point font underlined exclamation points times five cure. Do you, do you get dressed and get in line or do you, what do you do? I wait for, 500 of my friends to say, wow, they're cured by it. But I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. I I just read it and say, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't take it serious. I don't know what to say to that. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, if there was a verified cure, a remyelination cure, the thing we all hope for, do you do you take it? Would you, if they, if a doctor came up to you and if you went to the doctor and the doctor says, Terry, all you have to do is I give you this shot. You take this shot a couple of times. And when it's done, you're back before MS day one. A hundred percent, man. But what are the side effects? Like something like that seems too good to be true. Right. That's why it's a thought experiment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. You know? Mm -hmm. because that will fix my nerves. I can walk again. Right. It'll take a long time, I'm sure. But if there's a possibility, damn. Would you try to reset your life back to where it was before all this? A hundred percent, man. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? What do you mean? Well, I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, yeah. are you the Terry you are now? 
Oh, okay. Would you okay. want to go back to being the Terry you were before you were diagnosed? Or do you like this version of you better? I like this version of this version of me better, but I want to go back to like this version, but you know, someone who can walk. Cause now <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm an advocate for a lot of people. Sure. I feel I speak up for people and it's, it's hard to speak up for people when you're in a chair. I don't know. I, the image, the respect that I get, I know a lot of people are going to say, no, people don't see you for the chair, but eh, I still, I still feel that. I got and you. I feel I might be dramatic because I have MS. So right. yeah, I, I would definitely, the knowledge I have now, I mm -hmm. definitely like to get out of this MS thing so I can be more of an advocate, man. I don't know how to put it. It's right. just, it's hard when you're in a chair. Sure. That's what a lot of what we talk about is, um, mm -hmm. It's hard going from point A to point B. It's, you know, there's lots of things that are made a little, made more difficult. I got so much plans this weekend, man. And I'm stressing out because, you know, I'm preparing for the Saturday. I got to go for an hour drive. I got to go here. And it stresses my whole week out. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're, you're days away and already you're thinking, I got to make sure I remember to pack this and pack that and do that and check this. And I get it. Well, me personally, I'm, I'm like you, I'm kind of on the fence about it. it. When you get to the point that you've accepted the diagnosis and you've accepted the changes in your life, whether you like them or not, whether you agree with them or not, but you've accepted that they are what they are, you kind of go, you kind of get comfortable because of that acceptance. And if there was a way to undo it, I mean, yeah, sure. I would, I would definitely not want to be in pain anymore. I would definitely not want all the crap that comes along with it, but I certainly wouldn't go back to the, the old me. I would, I would want to cure the MS. I would take the cure. Hell, I would, I would sign up to be a Guinea pig for the cure, but I wouldn't go back to being the me I was before it. I'd have, I would use the perspective to be a completely different version of the, you know, the me that could walk without assistance. Okay. I understand that. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. So here's what goes through my mind. I am, okay. I think I'm damaged, you know, whatever I have, I have, but mm -hmm. I have adjusted and I am, I've accepted it. I've adjusted it and I'm fine. I'm very comfortable in my life. I have done what I needed to do. I have adjusted what I needed to adjust to make things more convenient for me. So I'm okay right now. So when someone says, Hey, why don't you do this? It's going to help you. It's going to relax. I'm okay right now. I don't need to adjust anything right now. I'm worried if I adjust something, what's going to change from that? Right. What's what more, mm, what more struggles are going to come up from that change? I don't, I don't want to do the change. So stop telling me I should do this. I should go to stem cell. Why do you want me to go to stem cell? What if things get worse? You know, I haven't heard enough good things about that. Uh, that's another topic. I'm sure. No, you, you bring up a really good topic. People often look to stem cell replacement as a cure. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it that way. I've done research on it. I mean, anybody who 
I would think that anyone who uh, takes that seriously. Now, if you're somebody that has benefited and it worked, it's like any other medication. It doesn't work for anybody or everybody. I mean, so I just do, I'm not good with the side effects, man. Do you remember the CCVI test? I think no. I said that right. It's the Dobler test, the two veins here. Did you hear about that? That was a huge thing in Canada. I'm pretty sure maybe maybe because you were diagnosed in the last. I'm not familiar. What is it? What do they do? You can get a Dobler test. Now, okay. if I'm saying this wrong, somebody can email us and correct us, but it's called a Dobler test. And what they do is they test the two veins in front of your neck. Mm -hmm. They're really huge veins. I don't know the name of the veins, but they test these veins to see if they're clogged. And if they are clogged, so there's a doctor, his name was Paul Zamboni, and his wife had MS, and he figured out her veins were blocked. So he did a surgery procedure where he put stents in them and said that that cured her MS. Her, she's walking now, and dude, I, I, I can't believe you didn't hear about it because this maybe it's a Canadian thing, but... Everybody jumped on it. Everyone started going to, to their doctor saying, hey, can you do the Dobler test? And they would do it and they'd say, yeah, you have clogged veins. And then people would be going to the States. They would go to Mexico to do this. They would go everywhere just to get their stints in the veins. I knew a couple of people that did it. They went to California to do it. I went to my neurologist and I said, hey, should I be doing a Dobler test? Because everyone's doing it. Is this the cure? He looked at me and says, you think these are the only two veins you have? You got thousands of veins going down. Yeah. Those two veins, if they're clogged, thousands of veins are helping. Trust me, that's not it. Huh. And people believed Paul Zamboni because Paul's wife had MS. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So I'm just, there's so many different procedures and I'm, and if the sense fail, they collapse. In oh, your yeah, veins. right. And yep. I don't know what happens from there. I don't want that. Can't, I'm can't okay. be good. <laughs> I don't think so. So I looked it up real quick and it's uh, the abstract on it. Uh, it says chronic cerebral spinal venous insufficiency or CCSVI has been proposed. CCSVI. Thank you. Yeah, has been proposed as a major risk factor for MS. The aim of the study was to assess the inter-observer agreement between two ultrasound examinations and compare the findings in MS patients. So you're, I mean, yeah, they just looked at your veins and said, huh, funny. Everybody with MS has these clogged veins, which they don't. She did. Good for him for trying though. Exactly. No, everyone was happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, if there's, oh, here's the thing. Um, I, I'd love to do it, but the only thing is, what's the negatives that come out of that? Like, I'm okay right. now. I'm right. just worried to try something new and yeah. it affect my body to the worse, you know? I, I totally understand because everybody, there's a lot of people out there who are looking for the silver bullet magic cure, especially when you're newly diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of the, have you tried yoga? You know, kind of the stuff comes from because it, but it's not. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of time in labs and hospitals and with doctors and, you know, I, you know, I just remembered a story. I just want to tell you really fast. So I had a friend actually go do this. Um, I don't know what the procedure is. You said CCSVI. So she went to California to get the stints in 
And she came back. And of course, I'm curious, does it work? I want to know because I'm, you know, should I be doing it? So I called this friend of mine and uh, I actually talked to her boyfriend at the time. And I said, hey, just curious, what's going on? I'm, I'm you know, welcome back to Canada, first of all, because they were gone for like three weeks. What's going on? How, how is she feeling? He got really upset at me. And he said, yeah, you would like to know. And of course, I'm like, what? What's going on? And he's like, what are you using here as a guinea pig? He got so upset at me. And ever since that happened, if like you're taking a drug, I'm reluctant to ask you, hey, uh, how, how's it going? Should I be taking this drug? I don't want to use you as a guinea pig, but kind of, you know. So yeah, I don't know why he would. I don't know why he would react like that. Like, of course, people who, of course, people are going to ask. You know, she went out on a limb, and I don't think know, it worked. Uh, well, I think the bitterness came out. I think if it was as successful as everybody thought it was going to be, we'd all be pointed that way. Um, but I think they. This, the community of doctors, neurologists found that just like anything else, it's super custom to the person you're looking at and not everything works for everybody. This is what I was going to say. It might, that might be a, so those clogged veins, whatever, mm. if you put stints in them, they might cure a lot, just like stem cell. You know, you reset your immune system. Mm -hmm. For some people, it might help for their underlining issues. You know what I mean? Yep. But so it does work for some, but not everybody. And it's not a definite for MS anyway. So with these doublet tests, the same thing. There's a lot of people that felt much better after doing it. But because they probably had other issues or whatnot. Anyway, that's how, that's the way I see it. Right. That's the way I see it. Like it could help. It could not. And that's and that's all the stuff that they put in this uh, this whole report, this whole thing that they put out on the website about the summit is. You're right. It was just getting everybody on the same page. How how are we moving forward? It, it outlined kind of the next three to five years what they what the organization wants to see, and um, mm -hmm. they're pressing hard. They're they're pressing hard. They're trying new things, and it's crazy. It feels like they have a lot of motivation. It feels like. And some of the words that I read, it, it makes me feel good. Like I'm smiling, like, wow, you guys are really on top of this. Yeah. But what's new? Right. Right. And what's new, the newest thing is everybody's still looking at stem cells. I think that's the newest thing, even though it's not that new. It's, I think it's the newest thing. What are they doing with the stem cell? They're resetting our body. They're resetting our body, hoping that we don't get any more attacks, that it fixes itself. They're turning it that's, off and turning it back on. That's what they're doing, right? And <laughs> they're trying they have, to reset. On top of that, they're throwing prednisone into us again because you know we're weak. We need to be this we need the strength. Yeah. While our body has no immune system. I don't know. Yep. So looking to the future, this thing, uh, this summit kind of wraps up by saying um the global priorities on critical topics include the Epstein-Barr virus, developing biology-based terminology for defining different stages of MS, focusing on biological mechanisms underlying the initiation of MS, exploring strategies to overcome the obstacles of data sharing. So that's one thing I don't 
think that I was even thinking about is how do you even share information with people? You need some kind of central database that people from around the world can get into and share their stuff so that if you're in Australia and you say like, Hey, I have your one doctor in Australia with, you know, let's say 10 patients and you say, Hey, all 10 of my patients do this. And you got to upload that somewhere so that somebody in Denmark can say, Oh my God, I have 20 that do that. And then, then they can start to focus, you know? Multiple sclerosis. Is it the mm -hmm. same name in other countries? Yep. Multiple sclerosis. Yep. Yep. They have, that's why they have, uh, because multiple is an English word, multiple, but I sclerosis. think, I think when you name it a proper name, it becomes that globally. So in India, they're like, I have multiple sclerosis. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I th yeah, I think it's a proper name. Yep. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. I only speak one language and one badly. <laughs> My Spanish is terrible. <laughs> We're gonna get um, canceled. Yeah. Underway. Uh, so what's what's going on in the future? Um, the team's updating. You know, blah blah blah. Let's see. It says all right. So at the end, all right. Here we go. Uh, Australia, Canada, Denmark, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, the UK, and the US were some of the people in attendance. Some of the 15. Nice. You were there. So I was that there. Paul Zamboni was Italian, by the way, from Italy. Was he? I just remembered. Yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, they're coming up with a big data database, which is good because... Everybody's got to be, if every, once everybody refines it, define it, refine it. And then when they go forward all on the same page, that's going to be huge. That's going to be big. Yeah. That's why we, that's, that's why we hope. That's why we stick around. Right. Of course. Of course. I like the attention it's getting. Don't get me wrong. I love the oh, attention yeah. it's getting. You know, that's why we're all I doing it. As long as it's not a, a a money scheme, or you know, check out this book; it'll cure your MS. No, uh -huh. it, no, it's uh. But these summits are great. Yeah, you know. But I just want to know what what's new. I right. feel like it's always a summary of what they've learned so far, and the Epstein Barr virus. I heard this is the most logical thing to me. Is if we have the antibodies. You know, they, they test me. They're like, oh, yeah, you did have the Epstein-Virus virus. That, that could have been the trigger of MS. They take these antibodies, make a vaccine, and people prevent getting MS through this vaccine. That's the most logical thing I've heard so far. As long as uh, people don't treat that uh, vaccine like they just did the last vaccine that came down the line. At least we don't, hopefully we don't fight over it, whether it's real or not. And that, uh, you know, Bill Gates isn't putting microchips in us. We don't argue about that because that was, that was rough, yeah. man. That was crazy. So hopefully people go, oh, you have a vaccine for that? I'll take it. I thought it was, I thought it was wild when my, uh, when my daughters got the uh, chicken pox vaccine, because that wasn't something that I had as a kid. Uh, you never had the chicken pox vaccine? Uh, chicken pox vaccine didn't exist when I was a kid. You just got chicken pox. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> there was no shot for it. I don't it. have any kids to know. Like, I'm not up to date with this stuff. Right. So now they have the chickenpox vaccine. Yeah. When they they said, "Hey, do you want to do you want your daughters to have the vaccine?" I said, "Kind of no. I kind of want them to suffer through the oatmeal baths and the the horrible red itchiness for a week and a half, like I did." Yeah. Because that was bad. I remember as a kid just like just being in horrible amounts of discomfort. Oh, I got it, baths. but I don't. I don't remember. No, I don't remember that. But no, I, they got the shot, and yeah. so yeah, You're terrible. But as far as the uh, star, the reason why the Epstein Barr is coming to the forefront is because there was a study that came out, and I'm just I'm trying to find it. Um. That that linked it, that said, yeah, that's you know that's a big one. Oh, it was huge. It was all over Canadian MS Canada, their website that some discoveries be made where they're linking it together. Yeah, that's more more stronger than the stem cell. I don't know how to put that. It just feels more evidence than saying stem cell works. We reset your system. They're not really talking about why it works. They're just saying we're resetting your system. That's what I feel. They're giving you new uh, antibodies. And anyway, now I'm going to start sounding like a goof. Well, there was an NIH. I guess that's from the UK. There's an NIH study yes. that 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 linked them. That linked Epstein and MS. Oh, was it in the UK? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got the mono, I think, uh, 96, 95, 96, maybe 97. And uh, yeah, it, it took me out. Like I woke up one morning, stood up and fell down. I didn't faint. I just fell down. I had no energy and I got myself onto the bed. And I'm like, mom, mom, you know, like I'm really tired. And right. she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I have no energy. I'm. You know, and then I went to the hospital and uh, found out I had mono. And then the doctors were like, oh, you got the kissing disease. And I was just like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I was with someone at the time. And I'm like, did she cheat on me? What's going on? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the kissing disease. So you start to think like, you know, but right. it's just called the kissing disease. And then it's from saliva and stuff like that even though I don't share drinks with anybody. So I don't know how I got it, but it's just a virus. People get these viruses and Epstein-Barr virus. There's so many di um, different, like mono is under Epstein-Barr virus. I think I'm, what I'm saying is right. There's yeah. other types. It's not just mono. It's so many other types. So yeah, well, it's a, it's a virus unto itself and it just is, it just dramatically increases the odds of the, ms activating yes so one just to be clear one does not cause the other but it just mm -hmm. so happens that if you have one the odds of getting the next one are way higher that's all so if they can get a handle on epstein Barr, the thought is if they can get a handle on that one then they'll be able to lower if they lower the number of people that have epstein Barr, they'll lower the number of people that pop possibly have ms that's the thinking so again not a cure yeah just so yeah. we we we're going to school today man we're learning lots of stuff on the show
<laughs> Very informative episode. Yeah. Always hard yeah. to talk about with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, all this, the summits and all this, it um, it all comes out of uh, World MS Day, which was on the 30th, which also happens to be my birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Are you a Taurus? No. Gemini. Oh, lucky. Okay. I heard uh, more Tauruses get MS than Geminis. Get out of town. That's, you're no, just making stuff up now. <laughs> you're making it up it was in the summit no i'm just joking I am <laughs> yeah. it it's it's really it's it's really hard like to to you know there's so many facts out there and yeah i just don't know what to follow i don't know the stem cell the, the epstein bar virus what else yeah. vitamin d magnesium just just too much i remember i was doing a speech in university of toronto one day it was an awareness speech for the ms society and i was diagnosed i think three years just three years and a guy came up to me after the speech and said love your speech thank you i need to tell you something vitamin d has changed my life and remember, I'm fresh into MS. I don't know many people with I don't know anyone with MS, maybe one or two people in wheelchairs much older than me. And he said to me, vitamin D changed my life. And I said, oh, yes, I've heard about the whole vitamin D thing. He's like, yeah, I take 5,000 a day and it changed my life. That day I went home and bought some vitamin D because I'm optimistic with that stuff. I'm a little gullible. Like I'll try it and then if it fails or nothing happens, it has to be evidence to work. Do you know what I mean? I can't just take and think, oh, I think it works. I think I have more energy. No, it's got to be evident. So I was taking it for a while and then I stopped taking it because I didn't feel anything different. And now I'm back on it. I mean, it doesn't hurt to go on it. Magnesium, vitamin D. Do you feel anything? No, I don't. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the hang up for me with all these all these things like vitamin D and all that stuff is like once, once you start it, I get into this mindset. Like I don't feel any worse, but if I wasn't taking it, would I be worse? And, and that's what, ha that's the hang up. And that's with any, even medication. I have Ampira for walking. And when I don't take it, like if I miss a dose or two, I don't feel any different. So I say, is it doing anything? So the drug you're saying is Ampura? Yeah, I have a different version down here. In Canada, it's called Fampura. Yeah. Well, we have to, we have do we have to be different? Have you Dude, not figured out that the US has to be different? It makes no sense to me why they would, you know. Anyway, so Fampura, I was on it. And I mm -hmm. was like, oh, it's not doing anything. I don't think it is. Is it? And I was, I was, maybe I was on it for, two, three weeks, you know, I don't think it did anything. And when I got off of it, mm -hmm. it was doing something. Ah, see. A hundred percent. Because while I was on it, because you don't realize it's doing anything because while you're on it, it changes very subtle. Mm. It's not like you wake up and you're running. But I remember doing a transfer 
and literally as I'm transferring going, hmm, my legs are moving a lot easier. And it was huh. almost like I was walking with with the assistance of holding these bars, right? Right. And then when I came off of it, I think within two days, I feel like I got worse. Mm. And I'm now I'm thinking, is it the Vampira that got me worse because I was on it? And then once you get off of it. You kind of rebounded? I don't know. I don't know. And it's not worth taking it because now you're going to say, why don't you take it again? Dude, I don't want to be on medication that's... First of all, I'm depending on the pharmacist to always give me the medication because they're like, let us know when you want us to order more. I don't want that. I want a year's worth of supply. Right. I don't want right. to have to. That's something else. Um, I never understood why I needed, if I was prescribed a, a medication that I'm going to be on for the rest of my life, why do I need refills? I want to just write the script like that just says like for Nick forever. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah yeah crazy so i so if i i'm taking a bladder pill it's called merbatech i don't know if you heard of it i don't know if it's doing anything either but anyway uh, i'm taking it it's one pill a day it doesn't hurt it doesn't do no side effects whatever and so what's the load in time on it like how long you've been taking it i've been taking this now it's, there's a history with this one. I've taken it like three, four years ago. We did nothing. I stopped taking it. Uh -huh. And then my doctor's like, hey, do you want to try it again? And I'm like, yeah, why not? You know. So I've been taking it for seven months now. Okay. It's supposed to control my bladder more, a little more strength. Okay. Um, there's other pills that people might take. Like there's one called VesaCare. But all these other drugs create constipation, create this and that. Oh. The one I'm on is the most natural you can't. I don't know. This is what my neurologist says. And I'm right. believing him like he's God, right? So I take this and nothing. But I take it because it doesn't harm. But the thing is, they give me one month worth. Mm -hmm. After 23 days, my anxiety starts because I'm like, oh, my God. And it's happened to me once where I'm like, I need it. And they're like, oh, we won't have any till next week. I'm like, But I got two pills left. And they're oh. lucky this isn't mental, you know, bipolar medication. Oh, yeah, right. It could be way worse. It could be way, not way more important, but you could suffer way more side effects or, you know, hard, harm if you don't have it. I get I get what you're saying. So my anxiety goes and I'm like, I need, I have only two left and anyway, and I don't yeah. like that feeling at all. Mm -mm. I don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling that I have to chase to get my medication and yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that has, so two very similar things have happened to me with my actual DMT. Um, <laughs> the pharmacy, the specialized pharmacy did not ship out my Abagio in time once. So I was, I was on Abagio and I, there, I said, Hey, I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm coming up to like, I have a week's left. So you tell me to call when there's a week. So I did. And then the week go, oh, we shipped it. You know, and I'm like, okay. And then, oh, it's hung up in, you know, in the mail. So I went two weeks without a Basio. So that was rough. Before that, when I was on Copaxone, uh, Copaxone gets shipped and it's temperature controlled. It has to be cold or it spoils. So I had my Copaxone shipped out. And 
it came uh, FedEx. I think it was coming at the time, but I missed the delivery or they couldn't find my address or, you know, just the normal stuff that happens with normal packages. I ended up having to drive uh, 45 minutes to the shipping facility. Like I'm in the warehouse with the trucks and I'm like, I have to have this medication and here it's spoiled. The, the dry ice had run out by the time I got to my package. So I had to call and they had to, you know, ship out another one overnight it and stuff like that. So it's no joke, you know, yeah. I would lose my shit. I was like, just listening to you. My anxiety, like, I cannot deal yeah. with that stuff, man. Right. So I was That's telling why medication has to be a hundred for me to be on it. Right. Because of that reason. Yep. Yep. Especially temperature controlled stuff. And if you are somebody who also has um, uh, diabetes, I believe some diabetes medications that you, some injections have to be, are in the fridge. So they have to be temperature controlled. So just another thing to think about, you know, just another thing to worry about. <laughs> I have a question about the summit. Sure. You said that there's a lot of, there's, people from around the world, there's pharmaceutical teams, there's doctors involved. There's, so when you said pharmaceutical teams, what concerns me, and I'm just, this is just curiosity. Okay. Sure. A lot of people in this world, you know, they say, oh, they'll never cure that drug, uh, never cure that illness because the drug world, you know, they make a lot of money. Right. A pharmaceutical team. Or not, you didn't say pharmaceutical team. You said um, CEOs. CEOs. And did you say that there's people from the drug world there? Like, well, that's the, the CEOs from drug manufacturers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do they want a cure too? They want to help cure MS all of a sudden? I'm not saying that they're against it. Okay. I'm just, this, you know, this is what I get from the whole world saying, you know, they, there's a lot of drugs made, a lot of money made out of these drugs. Why would yeah. they want to cure a certain illness? And then all of a sudden they're part of the summit. I'm just like, eh, what's going on? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. That is that is a very valid concern that a lot of people have. And there's a number of people that even take it one step further and turn it into a theory. And they say, well, of course, you know, ABC tech is in on it because they want to make sure that everyone stays sick you know like <laughs> they're not going to sabotage i i don't think so and i'll tell you why because yes there are billions of dollars and trillions of dollars to be made but there's even more money in maintenance medications so if it would make more sense to say to nick you know to me they would say hey Hey, you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life and it'll keep your MS in check. Or they're going to say, Hey, this is a cure that we have, but you need to take this other medication to make sure it doesn't come back. Because if, if, if there's a disease where it shortens your lifespan, which MS does not, but if there is a disease that shortens your lifespan, wouldn't it make sense for the pharmaceutical company to cure it and keep you on a maintenance med so that you can live way longer and they can get way more money out of you? So now you're making me realize that they want to be the first to create that. And that's why they're getting involved in everything. I believe so. <laughs> that's another theory. That's great. Actually. That's, yeah. And the, the all theories, but my personal belief is that 
The pharmaceutical companies want to cure it, but they want to cure it so that you have to be on a maintenance med. Because there's a lot more money in keeping me alive for a lot longer than there is the other the alternative. Very logical. That's my that's my take on it. It makes sense why they're there. Because I was mm-hmm. like, why why are they there? Why are they so? But they want to be the first anyway. Yep. That's just that's just opinions, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And if I was the CEO of a pharmaceutical company, that's how I would approach it. I would say, let's cure it, but let's get a maintenance med too. Mm-hmm. So insulin exactly yeah um and also human beings have so many issues that if you cure cure one of them humans aren't cured of everything so you're right you're right of course (laughs) there's a lot of things to put medicine into so insulin i know we're going off topic this is not about ms but insulin i heard the needles in canada Needles are not free. They got to buy their needles to inject the insulin into them. I don't know about that. I don't so know. I have a I have a friend that I a long time ago, and she's she was I, I hate to say it, guys. She was reusing needles because she couldn't afford them, and uh, and you know, and everyone's like, no, you should not be doing that. And people were buying her needles so that she wouldn't be reusing them. It was it was pretty bad, but anyway. If anyone else knows about this, it would be great to let me know because I'm curious. When we get needles for our medication, so we get Avinex and they give us the needles. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, never mind. I just answered my own question. Just ignore that. Obviously, the needles cost money. I was going to be like, we get them for free, but no, they're, they're, they cost a lot of money. Insulin is free. But the needles- Is it? Isn't it? No. No way. It, there's no way it is. I'm looking at an article and this is, again, I'm on the US side of the internet. Okay, and listen, when I when I did I'm, chemotherapy, uh-huh. it was cyclophosphamide, the one that I did, which was the biggest mistake of my life, but I did it. Right. It was 100% free. Must be a Canadian thing. Why wouldn't insulin be free? Is It's like a mandatory drug, is it not? You have diabetes type one, you need insulin. Well, according to, I'm looking at healthline.com. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, it says, if you need to take insulin for diabetes, is it, a, it is essential to learn how to get the cost down to something you can afford while simultaneously understanding how to manage your condition. So I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. I don't have it. Yeah. Um, I would imagine it would be very close to what we have to go through for our medication. I'm sure it's just like any other medication, but I do know there was a big fight in the U S over the price of, uh, EpiPens, uh, you know, to reverse, uh, allergic mm-hmm. reactions, anaphylactic yeah. allerg- allergic reactions. Cause apparently the person who, um, owned the, the copyright to them or whatever it's called. You jacked the price up like 700% a couple of years back. It went from being like $35 a pen to like $450 a pen. It was wild. And he ended up going to jail yeah. for price gouging. He did. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Have you ever owned an Epi pen? Uh, yeah, I had two of them when I was little, but I grew out of, um, 
I grew out of them. Uh, I used to have to carry my friend's EpiPen when we would go on field trips at school. And his mom was like, if he gets stung by a bee, jam this into his leg. And I'm a little kid, like I'm eight years old. Like I have to be an EMT on a field trip to the amusement park. I would, I would constantly be like, did you get stung now? Can I do it now? Did you get stung? I did. Stab him anyway. <laughs> I did. <laughs> We're walking back to the bus. I was like, man, is that a bee sting? And I was <laughs> He's like, shut up, man. <laughs> He's walking. Ow, why'd you just prick me? He's like, oh, I thought a bee stung you. That's terrible, man. Um, I Do you think that every household should carry an EpiPen? No, uh, only people that need it. I don't think. But you don't know if you need it till you need it. Yeah, but that's why it's like a first aid kit. Look, I am, I am fortunate enough to live in an area of the world that has, and I know this because I was involved with it, that has a five minute mandate, five minute or less mandatory response time from EMS. So when the call gets dispatched, the tones go out and the ambulance gets alerted. They have to be to wherever the call is within five minutes. That's crazy. I did not They're, know that. Yeah. Well, this is this is where I live. This is the mandate that they okay. have. Now, everybody's different and everywhere is different. And I know that we talk to people from all over Canada. And I know we have people that live in very remote areas where that is certainly not the case. Um, I mean, I know I've heard stories of having to drive three or four hours to a hospital. So, and that's just to get their medication. Um, so in my area, I would say absolutely no, it is not necessary for every household to have an EpiPen because you can just dial 911 and they'll be here quick as they can. Yeah. But I think I know that if you are someone who deals with something like anaphylactic responses to allergens like bee stings and almonds and stuff like that, or then you can then you carry yours. It's it's part of what you leave the house with. Did you just say almonds? Almonds, yeah. Almonds? Yeah. Almonds. Yeah. Almonds. <laughs> almonds? What's an almond? I don't know, man. <laughs> Um, I love that commercial. <laughs> we have too much fun on this show. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So when's the next summit going to happen? Just curious. Is it like a, a yearly thing? Uh, it sounds like it. Okay. Although they outline the next three to five years. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay, Cool. I'm honestly excited to see what happens in the next summit, right? We'll yeah. use this one as like a, you know, a standard, if that yeah. makes sense. We'll yeah. see what happens in the next one. Yeah. So uh, we definitely, uh, definitely learned a bunch today. Went to school. Mm -hmm. Thank, thanks everybody for sticking with us. Um, we are, we are not infallible. So if we made a mistake and you know, we did, please uh, hit us up at our, uh, at our uh, email there. Mm -hmm. And we'll certainly make corrections if we need to, but yeah. And feel free to give us suggestions on what Absolutely. you guys think we should be talking about if we have not talked about something you want us to talk about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's been fun as always, Terry. Always, man. Always. I, am, I can tease it a little bit. I can honestly say I'm very excited for next week. We have a very big guest going to be yeah. coming coming into the studio and i am mm -hmm. very excited 
mm-hmm. it's going to be a big one. So stay tuned. Definitely. Uh, that. I, the next two guests are going to be a big, Oh, big huge. So yeah. Awesome. We are excited. Whew. Can't wait. All right, brother. Thanks. Talk soon. Yeah. We'll talk soon, man. So check us out at 40belowzero.com. That's four letter T below zero.com. Or feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is info at 40belowzero.com. Our personal Instagram account are for Nick's, it's N-I-X underscore V713. Or for Terry, it's what's underscore MS. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. We'll talk soon.